another episode of Take Note, and today we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, um, and all-around powerhouse of a person, Austin LaRoche, uh, the CEO of ATAC Interactive, um, a digital marketing agency here in, based in LA, but servicing clients all over the world. Um, Austin's going to tell us a lot more about that. Um, but you know, without you know going into that yet, I want to kind of give a little background of Austin, and then let him kind of fill in some of the holes. Austin's been um, you know, we've been friends probably for a few years now. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been, you know, confidants over the years and, um, through our time together, we actually created a little of a mastermind group where, you know, we have, uh, dinners together every, uh, we did have dinners together every month before, uh, yeah. a certain event in the world happened that you guys might've heard of called, uh, you know, COVID-19 and coronavirus. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you guys... Don't forget the, that you let me into your basketball group as well. That is very true. That is very true. So you know that you know you know this guy's worth uh, talking to because I I don't let just anyone in. He can also play basketball, so that's a very important. Uh, you know, he he doesn't just BS. He can actually play. So uh, it's another very important uh, back piece of background information about Austin. So. Um, Austin has been uh, a great confidant for us um, here at Carbon Law Group. He's given us really, ins uh, really valuable inf information and insight on creating uh, purposeful marketing, which is also something I think Austin's going to talk about today a little bit. Um, and you know, I want to welcome him to the show uh, and thank him for the time. And without further ado, Austin Roche. What an intro! I, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, very nice. It's always it's great to be here. Um, I'm so happy that you started the podcast. Uh, I've already seen a couple of people talking about it. So knowing that I got to be a guest here, uh, just, just an honor. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to uh, rapid fire anything you got. Oh yeah, I'm an open book. So uh, you are, <laughs> you are. I love it because Austin's gonna be great. Austin's an ideal uh, guest on any show because he's got a lot of strong opinions. So that's always <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, this is a professional one, so I might tone it down a little bit. No, uh, it, it, it is. It's funny about that strong opinions thing. I'll I'll just dive right into it. Yeah, I'm, let's do it. I'm meeting after this. I'm, I was reviewing a marketing deck that somebody put together, and he was kept talking about the um, the the client he was working with is like an expert in the field and like the idea of calling yourself an expert drives me nuts. Like I was, <laughs> I was a creative writing major. So it's like show don't tell. Um, but beyond that, I've always referenced this quote from game of Thrones where it's like the King doesn't have to say he's the King. Right. Hey, right. Like, if you tell me you're an expert, I don't trust you. Exactly. A bunch of stuff that I don't know about in your field. And I'm like blown away. Now I think you're an expert. So there you go. Little opinion yeah. right off the top. Don't I love it. No, it's so true. I, I like that. I like that idea. It's it's show don't tell. I think it's a good philosophy for life, you know, yeah, 100%. because yeah, because we live in LA, a place where a lot of people like to tell and there's not, not always a lot of show involved. And, and, and you know, I think you've got to, because if you, you know, your actions will speak, uh, what it, it's also, I think the, um, there's a comedian from Saturday Night Live. Um, what was his name? Uh, he is, uh, he was on like a Saturday Night Live in the seventies. And he was saying that, you know, he, the, his, his whole philosophy on life is like, be so good. They can't ignore you. And I, and I like that idea. Right. Yeah. Was that Steve Martin? Steve Martin, Steve Martin. Yes. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully yeah, we got it. it right. Otherwise we're going to be like one of those, uh, one of those memes. So it has the, uh, the quote, what, is, what was it? There's the one that's like from Abraham Lincoln where oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, 
but anyway, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll move on. Um, no. No, but, but thanks so much for, for having me here. And um, it's funny, you were, you know, you, it, hearing LA based agency uh, when you first said this, because one of the big things that's transitioned for us is we, our lease was ending at the end of April. And mm. um, so about March 10th or whatever, I believe is, is when things started shutting down. And I was this close, this close to signing a new lease, a five-year lease too. I remember and, you showed me the building. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, you sent me the information on the building, yeah. Very yeah. cool building. Yeah. Uh, we were gonna have a little private rooftop. It was wow. awesome. And, you know, I was getting so mad at our consultant because he's a details guy and I am not a details person, which that's like a quick tangent. That's the best thing you can ever do in your career is get to the point where you can say, hey, I don't care about details. <laughs> and everyone just goes, okay, but I have it. And you're like, but you have to. I just um, but anyway, so that's a great place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. I don't care about details. And our consultants taking so long on like he's picking apart everything these guys are doing and he's like it's a legal document you know he's like being really intense about it i'm just like dude settle down like it's gonna be fine and that man saved me because when all of a sudden this started going down you know I, I, my mom it was in the back of my head she's got this little saying of you know never make a major life decision in the middle of a crisis and i was like mm -hmm. well, from a professional standpoint we're probably in this. Like, let's like, let's like, let's take a step back. Like, we're not making a five-year decision here. So we just we we stepped uh, took that step back, and then we started working remote. And turns out, I love working remote. Yeah. Um, all those hours I was in my car, like I can now exercise or walk or think, um, which is fantastic. Um, and then like I'm just like there's certain types of people, and, and nobody's like wrong for this by any means. I'm just different where it's like, they, they want to be in that same room and like feel people and hug them and all that. It's like, dude, I've got artificial turf in my front yard. I don't need that. I'm, <laughs> I'm the kind of person, like I see all of your faces every single day. It's awesome to connect and I love it. I feel like I'm with you guys every day. I don't, uh, the spatial part of it, just, it, it's just, it, it doesn't mean anything to me, which is okay. You know, again, everybody's different. So I then started recruiting nationally. And it's been awesome. I, uh, I've got this amazing technical marketing manager uh, about an hour outside of New York in Allentown, Pennsylvania, that area. Um, just uh, hired an amazing creative lead out of Chicago. Um, and I actually am bringing on somebody in a very convoluted uh, situation who was like abroad in South Africa and still trying to get back to the States. Uh, wow. So I was stuck. It, it's, uh, you know, it, it's been really, and that's just been really cool. It helps us serve our clients especially our national clients it's at, at, at different times um and so i i love that i love just like getting to know people from different areas um you know it, it's just uh it, it's it's been cool so i found uh covid was really fun for that and now it's like just hearing you say la agency it's like we're like i i think by like this time next year over half of us won't be in la right and cool um, but it's also like, oh, now, now I'm also getting like a little nostalgic. Oh yeah. Remember when we were in LA agency? That was, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I don't know. We're a, uh, we're a B2B marketing agency serving clients, uh, nationwide, worldwide, all that good stuff. Yeah. You guys have international clients. I remember. Yeah. So, um, wow. So you touched on a lot of things actually. I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit deeper because, um, I think there's a lot there. The, the first one was, um, walking. 
And, you know, you and I had a conversation about this before and how you kind of, you like getting outside. You like, you know, I know you like hiking and, and um, I know you've taken some great trips uh, during, during uh, this time. Tell me a little bit about why. Socially distanced. All socially distanced. Yes. Yes. Austin is very responsible in his trip taking SSL be, you know, real. He's, he's masked up, you know, he's, he's, he's very good. I've got, I've got a baby on the way. I can't, I gotta be. So I'm yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, he's being responsible in his in his trip uh, tr travel. And I think that's another thing I think we're all getting used to. Right. As we realize that coronavirus is going to be here to stay for a few years, you know, at least uh, uh, I don't think it's going to miraculously go away, as some people say. So I think we've got to figure out how to navigate it. And, I, you know, I'd love to hear more about like what it is about, you know, walking, getting out in nature that what, what does that do for you? And, and is there any kind of connection to to your business? Yeah. So I think for me, like I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm extroverted, I think still technically, but I love some me time. I love some me time. Right. And anytime, you know, where I can just be like thinking and in my own head, um, I, I love. And so I, in, especially at the beginning of the coronavirus, when like nothing was open, I mean, trails weren't even open. I, all I could do is walk in my neighborhood. And I live up here in the, the foothills of the, the San Gabriel Mountains, um, which before the fi before fire season was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's not coronavirus, it's going to be the fires. It's going to be, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. And so I, you know, I was, uh, and I, I've, I spent a lot of this year, like really committed to, um, to fitness and getting myself in shape and um, best shape probably of my, eh, probably since I was 18, I'd say. Wow. Um, and which is great. But I, I think just walking like, clears my head and one thing i was realizing when i was doing my walking uh is, is like i thought what i i would like be walking to like get like smarter in my business and be wise and like that's where all my great ideas would come from and really all it actually did was was give me time to think about all the other stuff so that when i like could flip that switch i i was on because right. all that other stuff was gone like i had thought right. through it i had, had fun i i and so uh, COVID has definitely helped me a lot with, with boundaries in certain ways. Uh, I, I really, I really like that. Like, uh, I know some people had, 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 had struggled in COVID and I, and I feel awful for them, but I'm, I am stupidly competitive, like not like a normal person. <laughs> like I say, I say things like COVID doesn't get to win. I get to win. And but, <laughs> it's, it's like, interesting because like, I know I don't, when we play basketball, I feel like you're competitive, but not like, you know, in a, in a, annoying too annoying of a way you know oh, yeah. god the guy who plays too much defense that's not me no yeah. <laughs> that might be a conditioning thing though that might be a condition no yeah it, it's it's not like that it's it's almost like i don't want anything to beat me that um you know is, is beyond my control now these wildfires are definitely gonna be my run for my money but i, I just kind of had this mentality of like okay this isn't ideal i right. don't i don't love being in COVID versus the way the world was before i don't love that but right. I accept things very quickly. Mm -hmm. And like you said, this isn't going away. So right. what am I going to do to make the best of this? Right. And so I'm, you know, I, and, and I've spent a lot more time uh, with, with my family. It's, it's crazy. You know, it's that thing where you, you realize with your, you know, I have a um, seven-year-old today, seven-year-old son today. Yeah. Oh, yes. Happy he, birthday. He, he was six. He was six for most of COVID. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you, you realize like his teachers, he's with his teachers and at school more than with you. And, um 
it's just it's like little things like now you know he's after his virtual school he's still he's kind of like a latchkey kid uh just you know playing around the house and stuff while i work but in between meetings i get to pop out and just say hey and you know have some jokes get get a hug in and um so it's i i don't know i just uh i think walking was one of those one of the first steps i made towards like i'm going to like i'm gonna i don't know i'm gonna start trying to walk like fifteen thousand steps a day um, wow. 50,000. Wow. 15, wow. 15. 15. I was like, I was like 50, yeah, I was like 15. Yeah. No, She's pretty good. Yeah. Too. It's like walking a marathon. Every <laughs> I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I do like to work too. I just, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, I was doing like an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. And then as I started training and I uh, started getting a little bit more insight, I, I, I kind of hit a plateau with some of my fitness goals. So then I got a boxing bag. Oh, uh, nice. And now I uh, beat the crap out of a boxing bag every morning. Ah, um, nice. Close to walking, but um, I think your original question was more about nature and, and that. And I think that um, for, you know, for me, like uh, I've, I've been in kind of like a little bit of a hiking community for about four or five years now. And, and you, you run into all sorts of just different people. And yeah. like, if you ever like talk to like guys who hike in uh, Colorado, all they care about is 14ers, like, like 14,000 foot mountains and climbing. And like, I just like seeing epic things. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, I like getting, I, I like, uh, the payoff of a little hard work walking up a mountain. I definitely like that. But like, I like to go places and like, see like things that just, you know, make me go, damn, like how great is it to be alive? Would you recommend, uh, are you, do you have any recommendations on hikes to take, uh, you know, during coronavirus? Uh, I mean, sure. I mean, there's the state's on fire, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, I always like, I, I think there's like, like, if anything, when people who, who haven't hiked, it's like, well, what do you, you know, what do you do? And it's like, honestly, you just walk on dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really easy to it's get slightly uphill and you know and then you know and then every no matter where you go you're going to be intimidated right you're going to have you know some backpack bro with the shirt off you're like, oh my god am i doing it right like that guy and it's like you know it, it's a very it's like such an interesting community of people who are uh, all sorts of like um shapes and sizes and uh like different types of difficulties but you know around um around la i i always recommend um in the north malibu area uh sandstone peak uh also a nice little um there's this cool little trail that um uh you can take as a little side trail called tri peaks that i think is like the best view of la county uh it's really? like right to the north part you can oversee like point magoo going into uh ventura i like that but uh, i mean and just being in um uh, California, anything in the Sierras, Western Sierras, Eastern Sierras, uh, Northern Sierras, like Tahoe, like, I mean, it's all, uh, all the above, man. It's great. Big Sur. I mean, California is just the place to be if you, if you love hiking and, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, it's something I'm really glad I, ta I tapped into. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not so true. I mean, we're so lucky to be in California, right? I mean, we have amazing hiking beaches, like, you know, everything right around us. And, and I think, yeah, before it burns down, before it burns down, too, before it burns down, I agree. all those yeah. trees I love to look at are not, <laughs> not doing well right now. So it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that I mean, under control in the coming years. And, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's another tangent. We don't have to go down. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't know how much, uh, insight we can provide. Uh, I mean, I can't, I have no, my firefighting knowledge is, is limited. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we were actually supposed to go camping with a couple of buddies next, next weekend. And we just, I think we might have to scrap it because everywhere we tried going is now, uh, on fire, um, or booked. I mean, it's impossible to find campgrounds too in California right now. So yeah, um, I know we're getting way off track, but there's a, uh, there's a site called hipcamp.com. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You, you can like find people like who have like really big, 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 big acres of acres of backyards. 
and you can uh, find a place to uh to oh the backyards too okay yeah that did find a couple places that are like look like yeah just like people's backyards but but i guess yeah that could work huh i mean anyway. it's cool if it's like you know off a cliff in big sur right 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 any anyway i know i'm getting yeah. getting way off track you wanted to see how that stuff would would you know no be- it relates to your business yeah i mean i think um you know because you know I, i've read you know stories about other ceos um, I mean, one that's a bit of a cliche now, but like, you know, Steve Jobs, I know Steve Jobs took a lot of walking meetings and, you know, I've, I've, you know, aspired in my past, like when I actually had to let someone go in my firm, I had to like, I said, let's just have a walk and chat about this, you know, make it a little more conversational, um, rather, you know, side by side, as opposed to across from each other on a table. Um, and, you know, it, it still wasn't that easy, you know, it wasn't like, that, you know, um, the easiest thing to do, but I think it was, um, for me, I realized I got to be someone who's like out of my head a little bit and more like, you know, doing something else when I, when I, when I walk. So that's why I asked, I thought, you know, how has it kind of influenced what you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it, it honestly, it helps me burn calories while I think, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's replaced the car in a way that's much more productive for my overall health. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's been great. You know, I, yeah. I didn't miss traffic. Um, you know, I, 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 I will say I don't miss traffic, but I do like to drive. Like uh, I, I, again, that, that's like that me time, right? Just right. Like driving and thinking, um, you know, and I, I, I do, I, I do think I get some of my best ideas there. And a couple, uh, I, I go into different like binges when it comes to, to working out. And when I was swimming for a while, I would, I realized I would, I, I started swimming. Uh, I was at a gym in downtown LA um, that was near my office. And so the only time I could go was in the middle of the day. And for some reason, swimming like in the middle of a work day. Now that is where I got like my best creative like work ideas. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't like it, you know, no distractions whatsoever. It's right. just, you know, so um, it's just funny how all that works. And you got to kind of bounce around and find the inspiration that makes you um, you know, uh excited to to do the next thing and to tackle the next project or um, you know, you know, whatever really inspires you. You know, you can yeah. figure it out for yourself. And taking those breaks, right? I think it's so important, right? I mean, there's so many founders, so many, you know, uh, entrepreneurs who are just like grind, 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 grind and burn out. And I feel like having that balance has been so helpful. And it's not always easy. I think it's, you know, sometimes when you're on, you know, you want to, you want to stay on and, and keep pushing. But other times you feel like when you're like hitting a wall, I think exercise or something like that and getting in nature is so, so valuable. Um, so many breaks though, like, yeah. you know, your, your meeting ends at like 1155, you've got a, a, a 12 PM and you know, you've kind of glanced at your phone throughout your last meeting. So, you know, like no emails are pertinent. It's like, you know, pop, pop out and say, Hey, to somebody else in the house and you right. know, like get out of it for a second and just appreciate the fact that we have that flexibility right now. Right. Um, well, right now. I mean, that's not going, it's not going away. Yeah. Going away. Yeah. No. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know where you are in your lease situation, but do you know any other entrepreneurs who are, uh, or business owners who can be as effective working from home and working remote who are like, I, I gotta gotta get back to the office now. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I, I think it's yeah, crazy for people like, you know, so I know a lot of lawyers who are trying to, you know, going back, some firms are saying, okay, time to come back. Um, I, I We got out of our lease. I mean, we're in the process of getting out of our lease. We terminated it early and we're, we're negotiating now, uh, you know, to, to get out because we're like, there's no way that we're going to continue here. And I'm not going to risk my workers for, you know, my employees for no reason. Um, and, and but we're lucky, you know, we're in a situation where we can, you know, everything is remote and, and online, essentially our computer and our phone is, is, is our business. So we're lucky, but 
but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how that goes. Because I never thought I'd be in this, but I never thought I'd be comfortable with virtual work. I like, I'm a guy who likes the face-to-face. I like the, the quick responsiveness. You know, there's zero latency, zero latency with a face-to-face conversation. You're going to have some latency with Zoom. You're going to have internet issues. You're going to have sometimes, you know, mics muted accidentally. There's none of that with, you know, the face-to-face. And maybe one day we'll get to a point where, you know, that, that's never an issue. But, uh, you know, with, with a virtual you know, yeah. communication. But, I was really yeah. worried about going virtual as well. I, I've worked from home off and on for like five years and I was terrible at it. I couldn't mm-hmm. focus. Um, and it, the real reason was because I wasn't experienced enough. I was trying to do more things than I actually knew how to, I could, that I could do. Um, and I was lost. And, um, you know, I, I still knew how to set like right boundaries, right? Like I wasn't allowed to watch. I, I said, you can't watch TV between the hours of like nine and, and like five, right. even if it's right. in the background. And what I learned was the reason, the main reason why is because if you do, then TV is telling you that you're a loser. <laughs> Have you been hit by a semi truck recently? You know, is it time to go back to school? You're like, you know, th- that was that was the old days back with cable. You know, before yeah. that, you know? but really like productivity of being home, and I and I think also just being in a stage in my life where I, I have a home, and um, you know, I have uh, I work at a I have a back house that I created into my office. Right. Yeah from everybody it's a it's a happy place but yeah. i recognize with like um a lot of my um younger staffers you know people starting off in apartments with roommates and stuff um it is public and yeah. you've got it you've got to be as accommodating as possible and you've got to be able to help them you know with any tips that you can for uh you know with productivity um but also i i do just feel like if you got a full plate and you you know, you take responsibility seriously and you know, you need to get things done. You're it. It's not that much different. Um, you know, it might not be ideal, but you're still going to work your butt off to get everything done, whether it's for your, your customers or for your boss or whoever, because you know, that's, that, that's the job. you got the goal, you know, it's just a mini goal of getting done with your checklist throughout the day and you're going to achieve it because you're an achiever and that's what you do. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I feel like um, that that is something I've had to try and to talk to my younger employees about. Like, I know this isn't necessarily easy, but like, like absorb it. Like, take on more, take on more work. I'm not saying to, to take on more work to where you're, you know, working overtime or anything, uh, you know, crazy. But like, you know, utilize this time to like really challenge yourself. Yeah. Uh, look, look back on this time of COVID and, and say, not ideal. Man, did I did I make the best of it? Man, did I grow by doing X, Y, and Z? Right. Uh, as opposed to, oh God, it just sucked. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you touched on something interesting because I think that's something I, I think every entrepreneur and every CEO, right? Every founder, CEO of a company, we have employees, we have people that they're kind of that they lead. Um, they always like wonder like how do you how do you motivate them to. Um, you know, to, yeah, to take on more to, to, because I have that in my firm too. I'm saying, Hey, you know, I want, I would like everyone to have some kind of initiative, some personal development or professional development ta- uh, project that they take on uh, over the next three months and, you know, then report back to me on what it is that you do. Um, and I mean, I take classes, you know, I'm a, I've been a transactional lawyer for 10 years, but I took a master class in contract drafting because I feel like my skills can always be better, right? Your skills can always be refined no matter what you do. Um, you know, Roger Federer has a coach, right? Like you people, you know, at, at all stages. So how do you have that conversation with, with your, well, one is actually, you brought up two questions. So one with your employees is with the trust now with virtual work, 
you know, I think that's something that comes up for everyone. How do you navigate that? How do you make sure that, you know, you, how do you trust that people are getting done what they need to get done? Um, are there certain tools you use or, you know, how do you not worry about people goofing off? Mm-hmm. Well, th- it's funny because if COVID had happened to our agency two or three years ago, that had been bad news, man. Uh, yeah. we, we were not as organized. Um, but, and I know I've, I've sung the praises of, of EOS a million times to you for anybody out there listening who doesn't know the entrepreneurial operating system based on the book traction by Gina Wickman is something that our company adopted a long time ago. And it has us so structured um, that I'm, I'm just good. I know all the deliverables. I know, you know, the client hours that have to be hit. I'm looking at them every single week. And as long as those things get hit, I don't care if there's lunches or workouts. I don't care if they're being done at two in the morning. Um, I just, I don't, care. I have end goals I'm, and I have people who are responsible for it. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we're, we're this organized now because I'm by nature, not, um, I'm not good at like collective organization. Like I can organize things in my head for me and then like, I'm good, but that's not scalable. So I have to build systems around me and my weird deficiencies. Um, and which is, which is okay. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it, it's fine. So the, the way that I do it is I have, I have an amount of work that I know that I need done. I have deliverables and all of that uh, outlined. And as long as nothing is missed or, you know, as long as deadlines don't get missed or anything like that, like, I just don't care about the in-betweens, you know, like, and, and I, and I express this to, to my, my team. Like I, I show up every morning at eight 30 to our team meeting and I am sweaty. Uh, I've got workout clothes on. And, you know, I'm like, listen, this is, this is, was what I was doing this morning. Okay. I've got a lot of other work that I'm going to do, but I don't need to put on some facade that I'm like, you know, working all eight, you know, 18 hours of the day. Um, I am a person. I want you guys to be normal people and do whatever works on your schedule. Um, But, you know, they also know that if they ever, you know, if a a client emails us and I'm in the middle of that workout, I'm always immediately available. And I'm going to be able to take care of the problem. Um, you know, it's a little harder when I'm boxing though. Yeah. Have, <laughs> it's harder to type with those you know, gloves on. No, but I mean, but, but really, and, and like, and when you set that example and you set that tone of like, guys, like this, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. you can be a person, you can, right. you can do this stuff. And now we've got people in all these different time zones. And, you know, I've got um, one of my, uh, one of my employees, his, his wife is pregnant. So he's got like, you know, these different um, uh, appointments that he goes to and, you know, and then I see him uh, like answer something in like two in the morning at his time, which is not at all asked. Believe me, right. I don't ask anyone to do that. But, you know, he'll just he'll reply. I was like, oh, yeah, I was up. And so I was just, you know, trying to to, to get sleepy by going through email. And, and so, I mean, OK, and, but as, as long as nothing gets missed, like I'm cool with it. Yeah. But I'm really I, I like the other question that you you were you were asking about the how do you get everybody to um to, to come on board in that, in that feeling of like taking initiative. Right. You know, God, I can't tell you how hard it is. Like I, I, it really, really, really is. And the only real answer that I have found is that when everyone knows you own the company and that they don't, then it's, it's really hard to get everybody on board. But if you have goals for everyone individually, if you have company goals and you have I think you have to have one sort of superstar in there who doesn't have the skin of the game. Who's just that person who cares Right. that bought in 
And when that person's buying in, especially if that person can then manage other people, um, that is when the culture really starts to get contagious. Yeah. Because there's all those things that we all know we we do, right? Like I I won't ask anybody in my company to do anything that I won't do, uh, which is probably why I don't have a cold caller. Um, no, really. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I have a really hard time with that. And I've, and yeah. I've said that from the beginning, I mean, years ago, we were trying to figure some stuff out. We had a, uh, an intern who was doing that. I, I just wasn't very comfortable with it. I was like, I, I don't, I have a really hard time asking him to do that because I won't do it. Mm. Um, and so when people see that you do that and they see your attitude, so we, you know, one of our core values that we have is I am the problem. I am the solution, which is about just complete ownership of everything. Mm. Yeah. And so something messes up and people see me in front of a client uh, apologizing, taking ownership, uh, and saying, this is, you know, how, you know, I, am really sorry. Um, this is, this is what, what happened. This is how it's going to get solved. And, you know, no excuses should have been better. Um, guess what? People know that you fail. And so we create a culture where I don't care if you fail. I care if you don't try, Um, if you try, and then, and you just kind of breed this group of people who, who want to do things because they know if, if, you know, they don't have that fear of failure because everyone around them has failed. They've seen them fail and they've seen them go, it's okay. Um, but I love that quote, by the way. I love that. That quote needs to be on a wall somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if you fail, but I, I, I do care if you don't try. I like that. Absolutely. Austin Roche. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. Put that one on the, put that one on the old tombstone. Uh, yeah. But no, it, I, I get it. I, I understand it. And uh, I do think, again, um, I think that EOS was something that helped us with that. Um, you know, because it's, it's one of those things is like, uh, I noticed is, um, you know, uh, one of the, uh, the two principals in the company, like I have all these ideas of where everything's going. I know exactly in my mind where it was, but I had never actually communicated out loud to everybody and not even my business partner, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's weird how it's just simply getting a couple things down on paper and repeating them time after time with everyone together, um, can get everybody on board. You know, we, um, you know, we, we got into a, a place in the beginning of 2018 where we just had some different um, things happen within the agency, some different people would come and go, and we just knew I, 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 uh, it was time for a culture reset. Culture reset has, I mean, has to happen. And like that was, became one of my biggest focus. Uh, it probably, it was my biggest focus. Mm-hmm. And it was about year one, I want people in here who all like each other. Because I think one of the things we all want to hire on diversity, and it's so, so important to hire on diversity. But what that means is higher on diverse backgrounds, mm-hmm. not diverse psychographics. Mm. You can, if you get a bunch of people who are from different areas, but they've, they share those same values and they like care the same way, like then you're going to be able to bring the, the, those kind of people together. You're going to be able to make that culture. Right. That was, that was step one. Like let's, let's get in the people with the shared psychograph. And step two was let's get everyone instead of just being, you know, it's, it's, it's three year plan. So year two was about instead of everyone just being, um, you know, hey, we're all good people. This is fun. We can do team events and happy hours and get along. Like, what if we all feel a sense of purpose of where we're going? What if we all know we're in a boat? Uh, sorry to use the same corny analogy everybody does, but we're all rowing in the same direction and we know what our or means, right. why it's important. And we did that. And, you know, here we are midway through the third year where my, um, my last goal is evangelism is to where people just love working here. And I've always said that the way that's going to happen is, as I'm putting job ads up 
I'm not going to say anything other than telling the staff, oh, you know, by the way, I'm hiring. And you're going to see people post things on LinkedIn, like come work with me or, you know, something like that. And, and I've already seen that. Um, and it even just heard secondhand, I was not in an interview, uh, I, uh, but an interview that one of our uh, uh, new managers was having with a prospective employee. Um, was it, it, He was asked about the, the culture and he was like, I've never worked at a place like this before. And I only heard this secondhand, but I was like blown away. And wow. he, the agency experience and, you know, I think, I think what ends up happening is we all just get in the, our heads of like, oh, you know, this is how I am. Isn't everybody like this? Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you, when I start looking back, it's like a lot of work went into this. And also mm-hmm. going back to that whole like failure uh, as, as a main, means of growth, like we failed at this for a while. Yeah. We were not a cool place to where we were not a good, it's cool. I don't know. We were not an organized place to work that I think you would ever feel like an evangelist for before that. And mean that some of that's just trial and error and having to learn how to do that but um, I'm happy I'm happy we did I'm happy that we have and as a result we're you know twice as effective as an agency we've grown twice as much I mean it's that's there's real real ROI and great culture right right absolutely awesome um, so I want to actually yeah, talk a little bit about take a minor uh, minor shift in kind of uh, discussion, but also about um, about your team. You, you know, you're talking about how now you guys have been hiring nationally. You've been hiring people, um, you know, around the country. Um, how has your hiring changed from what it was before COVID to what it is now? And and how have you found these people? And and how do you, yeah? What does your vetting process look like now? Um, because that's, I think it's something I'm interested in. I think probably a lot of other people are too. Yeah. So I would say when it comes to the process, my biggest process is that I increase the talent pool by, you know, cause I, I haven't, the only thing that I've done differently is that I have this, the type of meetings that I would do face to face on, on zoom. Right. Uh, and then one of my job ads, typically I, I use ZipRecruiter because that's kind of more skewers towards more, um, you know, tech forward type, um, type applicants. Um, and so I'll put it in like two or three cities with the words remote. And the funniest thing about ZipRecruiter, I, they hate me. Uh, <laughs> they call me every single day because they just want me to pay more money. Right. Post right. my, my job in LA and then, you know, uh, and then pay more money to, to be the remote status or whatever. Right. Instead I have my normal plan, which is already like 300 bucks a month. Or yeah. Yeah. A little ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I go uh, nationwide or I, and I, I go to, I you're a lawyer. So you can tell me if I'm allowed to say, <laughs> we'll edit it. I, I post them in cities and regions where I feel like might be fun to visit when uh, COVID's all over. Oh, that's, um, that's totally fine. That's, that's, that's know, within the, uh, that's within the I, rules. I, but it's remote. So I'll take applicants from anywhere, but these are just, right. they put the job at, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, cities I like. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, so I, I put those up and then my process is much different than a lot of other people's. We're uh, a boutique agency. We've got about 20 people. Um, but I, because you, I think you could hear from the, the, the passion of voice on culture. I am insanely hands-on with recruiting. I funnel through every resume. I do the 15 minute call. My next interview is an hour call about, about culture fit. And I go through all of our core values. I ask them a bunch of difficult questions. I ask them about their feelings about diversity. Um, You know, and like, who are you? Are you going to be able to come in here and hang? Are you going to be able to be a part of this boat? And are you you the kind of person who's going to want to jump in and go, oh, hell yeah, I found my tribe. Um, And, you know, 
if they pass that, then I pass them on to the direct manager of the position who, which it, it doesn't always go the way I wanted. I, I recently had an interview with somebody. I just, I, I could have been this guy's best friend. He was, <laughs> he was, he was so cool. We had so many things in common. Like I, I just, I was like, I, I could grow old, like having funny sports arguments with this guy. And then I passed them over to the, the, the leaders who I have entrusted and with the, uh, you know, different areas of my company. And they essentially, you know, said like, based on what we need and the skill set, like this isn't the right guy. And I, I had to accept it. I don't want to. I still haven't, I still haven't even sent him the breakup email yet. I'm, <laughs> I don't, I'm like so bummed about that. No, but I, I know, I know ultimately, you know, that this has worked. Um, you know, I, uh, I hit, I had a really good streak of hires. I, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you when I didn't, I, I had one that didn't go the way I wanted to earlier this year. Um, and it was in one of the hard parts looking back anytime that happens i like i'm like what happened how did i miss this? yeah no totally, you know, totally. because i, I yeah, we've been there i've been there too i was yeah. so proud i was so proud i was on such a roll i was talking about my my streak like i was going to get dimaggio's 56 um, <laughs> and, and i was like get four um, <laughs> but um you know what i realized was like it, it was pre-covid and you know just a lot of the applicants i was looking at were um were not really what i needed and i found somebody who was a cut above all of the applicants and, mm. but that didn't, it doesn't mean they were, they were, they were right. And mm. so like what I've had, what I've had to do is like, just be stricter with myself because I'm, I'm generally an optimistic person. Right. Um, I've heard some coaches like, uh, like Pete Carroll, I've heard him talk about yeah. this where like, he feels like if he's got like somebody with a little bit of talent, like I can make them great. I, right. I, I I've got the ability to, to do that. So you know, I, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you know, they said all the right things. They were great. And, you know, I, I remember uh, when we hired this person, um, it was like, well, we believe in the attitude, right? It was like, right. so we can't get the skills, then that's probably on us, right? Mm -hmm. And then the skills were just not at all as well as we had assessed. And, uh, and you know, and, and it happens. Like, like it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never hitting 56, you know. Uh, Joe, Joe's got that one. Um, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Because I think that's something that I think a lot of founders and, uh, you know, uh, HR people deal with, right. It's, it's um, attitude versus skills and where's that balance? You know, what is the, what's the right balance? I've, I've messed up on that where I ha hired for skills before, but then um, it was the, the positions ended up being kind of redundant. So I had to let someone go and, and I actually ended up letting the person with skills go just because I really liked the attitude so much of this person and I felt that they could, they could grow, but, but it still, you know, it, it, it's not always easy because you still have to get those skills up to par, right? Those skills yeah. have to be there. And, and it's the thing you're always, you're evaluating is what can I teach? Right. right. And like, and sometimes I think, uh, you know, you think you can teach attitude, uh, but I'll tell you what I've yeah, come to realize like for, for me, especially, you, I mean, you heard my whole, you know, diatribe about, you know, it's okay. To, to, to fail, but like, you have to own it. Yeah. You make like four or five mistakes in a row and there's somebody else whose fault it is, or there's a reason or this, that, like, I just found that doesn't change. And right. I, I, um, and the only reason why I think I believe that it could is because I feel like I used to be like that. And I feel like I had to kind of personally take control of my life and my responsibility and where I felt like I was underachieving in life and say, okay, this is all on me now, good, bad, ugly. Um, and so I, I guess part of me wants to believe that other people can, but I don't know that, I don't know that a job can do that for you. I mm -hmm. think it has to be something bigger. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, makes sense. There's a lot of questions I could go into that, but um, you know, uh, with hiring, but I, I also want to be conscious of your time. Um, is there a certain I, book? I can go 10 more minutes. I can go okay. 10 more minutes. I, okay. I, you, you can tell, you ask me a question and I talk for, for like- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have like one or two questions yeah, left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is about to be too long, but is there a, is there a book um, that you feel have, has had the greatest influence on your life? Oh God, that's one that I wish I got prepared for. Yeah, I know. I know. Just, whatever comes up, whatever comes up, you know, it's like. Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's, I, I actually have an answer for this okay. and it's, I always joke that my cell phone is the oldest, my cell phone number is the oldest thing I have, but it's like okay. the oldest yeah. thing I have. And I can get it. It's in another room. I'm not going to. <laughs> There's a book given to me by my parents in the, uh, as I graduated fifth grade. It's very small. It's uh, about this big. Uh -huh. um, uh, hold on. Why did I just blank on the name? Uh, give, me, give me two seconds. Let me set that up. Sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's called I Can't Accept Not Trying. And it's by, ah. Michael, it's by Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. And it is this simple, simple book that is the most insightful thing that I've ever read it's very hard to find um because i yeah and i just i love it it talks about i, I mean i still remember this one thing that he talked uh he said i mean i must have read this first time i what are you in fifth, fifth grade 10 11 yeah i think yeah i think so yeah. he's talking about uh free throws and fundamentals and he said if you shoot if you shoot 100 free throws and you make 100 free throws but you do it and I'm paraphrasing, um, but you uh, you do it with the wrong form. All you're doing is learning how to get really good at doing something the wrong way. Right. And you know, it's like it's like stuff like that. And it's like you get it's weird because it's like this little book that like you know I think really um, exposes the sociopath that he is, <laughs> but but in a, in a sweet way that is like really motivating. And like yeah. so for me, I would say that's like definitely my nostalgic choice. Now that if someone's listening to this and going, well, I'm not 10, so I, I'd rather like, you know, really be something that like really drives me. I think that's, I think that's good though. I mean, because honestly, it's interesting because that quote you had at the beginning about how, you know, what I can't accept you not trying. I don't care. You said, I yeah. can't, that's the title of the book, right? So yeah, there it, you go. It um, had a lot of yeah, other books though, that I, uh, I certainly love. I think, um, Traction, uh, like, like I mentioned before, is something that was a game changer for, for somebody like me, uh, was really inspiring. I absolutely loved the Bob Iger uh, autobiography, Ride of a Lifetime, uh, mm. which is for anybody who's interested in any any sort of business in life, like you can learn a lesson. I mean, the guy was CEO of Disney for 20 years and just fascinating stuff, but the way that he explains things and, the, and, and like the little nuggets that you get. Um, yeah, I recently ran a leadership group and had them uh, read it, and they were just like raving about it. Yeah. So, um, have you read uh, Have you read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight? Oh, that's Phil Knight, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, I haven't done that. That's I'm, the next one on your list. I'm telling you, okay. that's the next. That needs to be. If you like Bob Iger's, which was I, yeah. I listened to his on audiobook, and it was you know really really great. I mean, amazing to see what he did. But I feel like Phil Knight's might have might be better honestly, because the, what he did with Nike and the ups and downs and how many times they almost went bankrupt. It's like, it's very, very fast. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. check that out. No, I, I've seen it. I've seen it on all the uh, recommended lists and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, that's a, that's a, I, I love, I love audible. I go 1.5 speed. If anybody yeah. just can't, I, I don't read as much do the 1.5 speed. It's like, because the business books are just a little dry. 
and um, you know, it's something you put on when you're walking. Uh, it's harder to get in your own head. I, I, tip, I go back and forth between, do I want to like listen and daze out or do I want to, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, think. And, and if I want to think, I put music on. If I want to like learn, I'll put the, uh, the, the, the podcast and the books. Um, awesome. But uh, yeah, sorry. Ran no, no. That's great. No, no. Um, so yeah, with the last few minutes, I wanted to actually give you a little op- opportunity to talk a little bit more about uh, ATAC and kind of what you guys do. Is it, it's ATAC, right? As opposed to some people say, I've heard attack as well, but ATAC. See, that's what it is. It's up to interpretation. I see. I like that. I call it attack. Um, it, uh, it, it's funny. The, our founders had some acronym that never made sense. <laughs> 16 i was like you know what i'm gonna make sense of this so i came up with this thing uh you know accountable tenacious agile and kind ah, and i like that it was one of those things it was like okay cool and then like it's absolutely the foundation of our our, our core values it's how i live my life nice. uh, it's and it's just like to me it's really uh it, it was kind of funny how this little exercise became something that like i really i absolutely believe in yeah. um, and now i just got to figure out a better way of like saying that without, you know, having to tell the backstory. I'm a little bit too honest with that. (laughs) This is what it means. This is what it's always meant. And this is what, you know, this is, you know, I'm, uh, I am who I am. No, Um, I think authenticity is is, is the best way to do it. Um, But yeah, tell us a little about the agency and what you guys do, kind of who are the clients you guys help and, um, you know, and then kind of like what your kind of certain initiatives are right now. I know purposeful marketing is one of those, but yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So Attack is a B2B marketing agency. Uh, we specialize in different marketing, creative, and development. Um, but really, I think where we try and separate ourselves uh, from our uh, competition and you know other agencies, because there's a million of them, is we really try to enable sales. Uh, we try and be a sales leader's best friend. Uh, so you know, typically our clients um, are like the VPs of sales uh, at companies that I only in industries that um, I would say are just what I call unsexy. Uh, I'd say that to them too, they know me, but manufacturing, construction, signage, um, packaging, printing, all that kind of stuff. The kind of stuff that I don't think has traditionally got a lot of love. And we love, we love these kind of companies uh, mm-hmm. because they're really, um, you know, a lot of amazing, hardworking people. Um, and we're, we're very, we're very client focused. Like, I mean, uh, one of my oldest clients is, is my mentor and, mm-hmm. um, you know, very, uh, close my uh, another one of my large clients she gets my son a a gift every year on his birthday and every year for oh, Christmas like wow you know we we do go I mean it's that thing of like I would never ever say that customer service should be a value proposition and uh-huh. I will say that it is but I will say that we've been able to keep clients long long term while maybe we weren't as good as I wish we had been now we are which I'm very excited about yeah. um because of you know our ability to continually come through and be there and just i mean give a shit you know mm-hmm. like you're in the client space think about when you're a client don't you want somebody to give a shit about you yeah <laughs> you right, know absolutely. so but when it comes to like what you know what we do we do a lot of like martech with um you know sales enablement a lot of like uh, marketing automation we're a hubspot agency uh, we only signed on as a hubspot agency two years ago we are now platinum we are now wow. platinum sales uh uh, HubSpot agency, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we, we've brought a lot of clients on onto the, the software and, and really believe and love it. Um, if you want to hear me go on opinions, let, let me talk about how, right. yeah. how HubSpot markets itself versus what it actually does. Ne- yeah. next, next episode. But um, <laughs> uh, no, I, um, 
I do, uh, but, but we try and take all these resources, right? Um, our development resources, our creative resources, our marketing resources, and you know, our, our you know, data analysts and all that. And all we try and do is figure out how we help these guys grow. And then we put our success and our responsibility for what we're doing on their growth. Because if they don't grow, then we go. And that's right. how it is. And you know, I, I've seen other uh, types of agencies, particularly PR, who uh, just throw out a bunch of BS numbers that anyone can pay for. Like, oh, did you right. see the impressions this got? Yeah. Anyone can get impressions. You know yeah. what? Anyone can get website traffic. Anybody can even get form fills. Like we try and we try and hang our hats on SQLs, sales qualified leads. Yeah. If there's great sales qualified leads coming in, we have we built a nurture process for them. Uh, you know, then uh, you know that's that's where we should be having our success. Right. And one thing we realized a couple of years ago was that you know, what we were seeing with some of our clients and how advanced they were, other clients who weren't necessarily like smaller, they, they weren't, they just were, they just didn't know what to do. And so we created, and that's when I uh, developed Purposeful Marketing, which is just a simple framework to help everybody uh, understand, you know, how they get the most out of their brand, their data, their audience, and then develop what I call marketing to sales map so that they know exactly to the dollar, to the uh, effort, um, how they're uh, attracting uh, prospects, connecting with those prospects, uh, closing those prospects into customers, and then delighting those customers. Yeah. And, you know, we try and make it a real simple process so that anybody can, um, you know, understand what that is, create that marketing vision, overcome any obstacles that may be in the way. Hey, we need a new website, we need a new CRM, get that a lot out of the way. And then really get on track every month to do what the, the work that needs to be done to build the campaigns that hopefully bring in, um, you know, those new clients that, you know, can help um, raise the, uh, the current um, uh, revenue uh, with uh, the current clientele, all, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, great uh, recap. Yeah. It captures, I think, very well what you guys do and um, how you guys have helped clients. Um, how do people get in hold of you or get a hold of you or get in touch if they want to reach out and find out more? Uh, Austin at Attack Interactive. I, I check my email still. I, I still, uh, you know, if I'm still recruiting, I, I think I'd still, I do need an assistant. But for right now, <laughs> Austin at Attack Interactive. Uh, you can check us out, attackinteractive.com, A-T-A-K interactive.com. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn, uh, Austin LaRoche. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, anybody has any questions, I, I'm always an open book. I'm also on Twitter, but I kind of just complain about like uh, music quotes <laughs> over there at all. Much. But you know, I don't think I follow you on Twitter. I think I need to I need to see this. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I, you know, I'll uh, retweet like uh, the videos that we post. But maybe at Attack Interactive would probably be a better place for that. But, uh, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for having me today, Pondy. Yeah, awesome. thank you so much. Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. The talk. Yeah. I, that's the gift. The gift that keeps on giving to me. <laughs> Fantastic. Have a great week and weekend. And um, yeah, we'll until next time. Thank you. All right. Take care, bud. All right, man.